Welcome to What in the Horror Podcast. Welcome to What in the Horror Podcast with your hosts Lando and Tim. Today we will be reviewing Death Valley, The Revenge of Bloody Bill from 2004 and Nightbreed, the director's cut from 1990. And we will be reviewing my movie first. And basically... Here's the small rundown that I got. While traveling in a van with their teacher for a contest, a group of college friends are abducted by a criminal Earl who forces them to go to a ghost town in Sunset Valley to meet his friend that was transporting drugs and money of their own. Once in the town, they realize that the dwellers are zombies and their leader is Bloody Bill, a Confederate soldier seeking revenge for the execution of his sister that was hanged by the locals and the population was cursed by Bloody Bill. So, yeah, that's a little quick rundown about the movie. Yep, that yeah, was, yeah. Um, there was a little chase thing in the beginning, but other than that, it was over the trying to get the drugs in the first place. But that was kind of a prelude, not really the core of the movie anyway. It was just kind of the, what drew the other guy there, was trying to get his partner in the drug trade, but he got killed. Yeah, the Earl character's friend, he uh, he's sitting in his car, and he does a thing of coke, and he sees this car pull up, and it's a hot woman, and she mentions that he's got a little something on his face and he's patting the little brick of wheat or not wheat but coke and then all of a sudden she pulls out a fucking the badge and he's like oh shit and he guns for it so he's getting chased by her and she's she's got her little walkie-talkie and that's when you start hearing music and stuff so you don't know exactly what she's saying but the chasing was pretty cool i mean it was kind of short but and then it pretty much, the chase scene ends with him saying, fuck it. He takes this brick of coke and he throws it out the window and it hits her fucking vehicle. And uh, she's like, shit. So she stops the car and she's like, fuck. And she's just cursing at herself because she's letting the guy get away just because he threw this brick at her. And uh, yeah, I really liked how he screams out, it's on the house, bitch. I knew you, were, I, I said that too when I was listening to it. I knew you were going to say something like that. I had a feeling you had some kind of snarky remark to that. I kind of thought you had a when I thought you'd have a comment because when she held up her badge, she goes, "I don't think that's gonna do it for me," that, or something uh, like that. Yeah, I, I figured those one-liners would get you going. I really did. <laughs> yeah, I wrote down my favorite part of the one-liner that happens in the towards the end of the movie, but but yeah, this movie it's. It's kind of your typical zombie movie, but not really. I mean, it has that typical horror movie with an urban legend kind of feel. Definitely has that because there's another, it's like a, there's another movie, but it's got that Western type of feel. Kind of like this does, but not really kind of of a Western. I'm not sure how to explain it, but, but yeah, it's not that bad of a movie. I mean, the only real complaint I have, it's got kind of the B-movie feel but the camera that they clearly use in this movie or cameras rather didn't look like it was made with you know your typical phone or something like that that you see in most b movies yeah it was definitely film no question it was film or good digital cameras it was the the b movie feel came from more like the shaky camera like transitions to make things feel more freaky and it was which worked great in moderation feel they did it a little over overboard with the shaky camera that was one of my complaints about it my criticisms is they used a little too much of that effect i mean i get it 
but feels like they could have done a little better with that. But the story was kind of cool because it did have a lot of different aspects of different things. I kind of like that. It wasn't, it was not boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Once the movies start getting going, it definitely kept you on your toes when it came to watching it anyways. Yeah, because the only real complaints I really had were... The actors that played the zombies didn't really do that great of a job of playing a zombie because there are almost like an art form to playing one. You didn't see it as much in the bigger scenes, but like in the, the, I mean, the smaller scenes, but when they had the big scenes where like they all walked around the buildings, all of them and just kept it on there for a while, you could see the ones that were doing a pretty good job and the ones that really weren't. Like you said, it was, it was the actors. They weren't, they were obviously all not like typical actors. They were just people they could grab that did an okay job. Yeah. And then another thing that I don't know if you noticed it, I sure as hell did, was when people would be talking when they were in the, like, they're talking and yelling at each other, whenever somebody would talk that wasn't on camera, you could actually tell they weren't on camera by the audio. It sounded like, like if you took our mics and faced them away from us, that's pretty much what it sounded like. Yeah, it definitely seemed like the audio was taken with like one microphone many times, like all the acting. You gotta give them some credit there actually, because they did pretty good when you consider that aspect, because usually there's multiple booms all over the place. With one, they did a pretty good job because that means it's all cut at once. There's no like ad-libbing, no editing to add the audio, which is impressive. Um, the only other complaint I had was I think they could have done more with Buddy Bill. I feel like they could have done more with him. Felt like kind of a, it almost felt like he's an afterthought. Like they weren't, they wanted him to be the star, yet they didn't pull it off real well, except for the one scene. Yeah, I understand that part. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that I noticed, I don't know if you noticed it, but I sure as hell did. And it was actually the first time ever noticing it because I've watched this film many times before. I was surprised I even noticed it at all, but there's a part where you see the back of uh, Bloody Bill and right on the back of his neck, there's a piece of, of uh, untouched skin. So you could tell he, his whole, the guy that played him wasn't fully makeup. You could just see part of his actual skin when he's standing in the doorway of the uh, the room. Yeah, right, the hole, right after the hole was shot through him. You see all the hole and then it comes out and it goes back in. You see the back of his head. I saw something. I almost wanted to go back and look and see what I saw. Something felt off, but I didn't catch what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't notice what it was, but I did notice something was weird about his neck. Yeah. Yeah, but some of the things I did like about this movie was the fact that it used a pretty good amount of heavy metal music in it. The music on that movie was a really good soundtrack, actually. I could listen to that soundtrack. That was the first thing I noticed. Like, even in the chase scene, like you said in the beginning, it started off. And as, as soon as it started, it's like, good soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, I might actually try and find some of that music, too. Yeah, it was good. And I don't know all the songs. A couple of them I recognize, not all of them. It was good. The music went on the movie was awesome. It kept the action going. It was good action music, too. Oh, yeah. And another thing I liked about every time somebody would die, the population sign would change from, I think it started at 99. And then once the guy that died in the beginning of the movie became the 100th victim. Yep. And it did that every time it'd go up as people died. That was kind of neat. It's kind of like, it had that feel of like, uh, you know how they get the haunted houses movies where, you know, you can't ever leave. 
like the Hotel California theory, you can never leave. And that's what it was for the town, but it was the whole town, which that was kind of cool because I hadn't seen something quite that big, um, at least not many times used. It's not overused. It's very, at most, I can't think of any. I almost feel like there's a couple of movies, but I can't think of them off the top of my head that use that type of theory, which would show you a lot of power from that, you know, the spirit of Buddy Bill in order to be able to hold an entire town hostage like that not just you know a town hall or a building or a cemetery yeah that was definitely something that was different for me at least i've never seen where you can't leave a town because the town won't let you (laughs) because every time somebody tried to escape they'd end up right back in the place that they were when they started running away from the town and it turned out like a mirage to show back up, like mirage back in again, and you'd be back in the town. Yeah, another part I liked was the just the whole story behind how Bloody Bill became Bloody Bill, the zombie, pretty much. Like how he couldn't die or anything. Like people kept on trying to kill him. Like they even, I'm pretty sure they even said that he was hanged at one point and still wouldn't die. And the only, yeah, they showed what he looked like while he was still, you know, actually living and i remember them talking about how the only thing that seemed to kill him was taking his own sword and stabbing him with it and that was the only way they could kill him because they showed him getting thrown into his coffin and then they stabbed him and they talked about how they burned the coffin or whatever after they stabbed him and that made sense because when you look at him he looks like a burnt piece of chicken pretty much yes pretty much that's what he looked like to me because his clothes were all burnt he kind of was but it was kind of hard to tell because of the makeup wasn't that great but it wasn't the worst yep i did like that they had all the different people that were dead in the town they had them dressed some of them in older garb like they'd be from the old west when they're there and some of them were you know literally fresh dead you know from people more modern and i like the way they did that because that would make sense i half expected it not to be that way when we first started watching it um but it yeah i liked that they did that that was uh, that was actually a really good part i mean like i said if they had a bigger budget i think this could have been an excellent movie not just a, a decent movie but a really excellent one with a better budget it seemed like that was the biggest thing the only acting part that i actually saw that i didn't care for that great was when she pretended to be his sister that accent was terrible oh she was playing somebody from this old southern west so yeah but uh yeah another thing i didn't like i just noticed it now but was whenever somebody would be running away with a gun in their hand and they point and shoot at the zombie you could tell they weren't even really pointing at the zombie yep yeah that's true the pointing back and they were dropping like they got hit in the head it's like the gun would be pointed like to the left and the person behind them would get shot in the head it's like yeah that that was that was a little off and they had way too many bullets in the guns but that's typical of most movies that's not even and that's not even a deal breaker that's common but the storyline on it was good it had a very good storyline to it it was different it was not your normal run-of-the-mill like western like zombie well i've only seen a few western zombie things but yeah i think i've only seen one but yeah but uh yeah it was definitely different i mean i've seen it plenty of times i would recommend it to people i mean and from what i can tell majority people liked it i mean google's score was 86 percent rotten tomato 
They need to get their shit together because Rotten Tomato scores, there was none. Their audience score was at 19%, which is pretty low. I mean, I wouldn't give this movie a fucking 19. But apparently people don't know what good movies are. But uh, yeah, and then I tried looking up the budget for this movie and the box office. So clearly there was none there for either of those. So I think it, was, it wasn't it was a high budget movie, but it was, it was well done for the budget I think they had by the looks of it. I mean, like I've said before, it wasn't done with a fucking one camera or a fucking phone or anything like that. Definitely didn't have that look. The feel of a B-movie, yeah, I mean, a little bit, but more of a, almost like a more expensive B-movie to me. Yeah, like a B plus type. It's a, yeah, you're right. The cam, the cameras themselves were well done. It's like maybe maybe a college level like crew or something like that got in there to do it. Maybe because it was the camera, not the cameras themselves, but the way they used them was a little off, a little more of the B feel. But yet at the same time, it was um, the the cameras themselves seemed to be very good quality especially for like early 2000s oh yeah i mean it was definitely a good movie i mean i really didn't have that much bad things to say about it other than little things that i noticed that were non-avoid or were avoidable i mean like the makeup on the back of the guy's neck not being there and the zombies not really doing that good of a job playing them and and then the sound quality on certain parts of the movie and then of course the whole running with a gun and not pointed it at even at anything really yeah, it looked like like when she ran away with the gun a lot, one of the last few times before it ran out of ammo, she was shooting right to her side, and somehow the zombie behind her had a headshot pop off. It's like, yeah, that was a bad angle. Yeah, but uh, I think my most favorite part of this whole movie, and it's going to be a funny one, is when the uh, girl character, he's in a room by himself because the one girl and another girl escape from a window and then they um yeah they escape one of them ends up dying sadly enough but before that happens the earl character he takes big ass brick of coke and he's like trying to pump himself out up to go out there because beforehand he got his fingers bitten off by one of these college kids that got bit in the arm by the you know it's the guy in the beginning of the movie he bit him in the arm yeah is earl's partner changing into a zombie almost he was like half zombie half not and i was like knowing that he's there's a chance that he might become one too since this kid was bitten on the arm so he cuts open big hole into the brick of coke and just inhales a shit ton to the point where his whole face is almost completely white and he's like Woo! He's just all pumped up because that's what Coke does. It makes your heart race like a son of a bitch. And then he goes after all the zombies. And of course, he runs into Bloody Bill. And that part was fucking hilarious to me where he just takes a big thing of Coke and just puts it all over his face and inhales the loon shit out of it. Yep. And just before that, he's like, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be the best I could ever be. I'm going to be who the fuck am I kidding? And then he hits, grabs that brick. Yeah, that was actually my favorite part of the movie too. And he just got goes psycho and it's like, this part's good. I kind of hated the way that the Bloody Bill thing turned out because he was really railing on him. It just was Bloody Bill's like, yep, whatever. Yeah, he was punching him and everything and Bloody Bill just stood there. His head didn't move, nothing. It was like he was getting hit in the face with a pillow. I kind of wish they had, like, it would have been a higher budget movie and, like, it broke his jaw off and he'd, like, snap it back into place or something. You know, that kind of feel. I kind of wish that something like that would have happened at that point because it felt like it needed it. That would have been, like, just a little over the top and better. But at the same time, that I agree with you. That was my favorite part of the movie. 
when he did that, when he's like, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be the best I ever did. I mean, I'm doing this for the right reasons. I'm being good. I'm being good. Fuck, I ain't that good. And he snaps up and pops up in that thing at Coke and just like face palm, face palms him in and just goes nuts. That was, that part was the most epic part of that movie. That would be good in any movie, that type of reaction. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to die anyway. Why not? You know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's pretty funny. And then he freaking, I think that's when he shoots a hole into Bloody Bill, I think. No, he did that in the doorway. He shot the hole and looks through it. It was in the doorway when all of them were in the room. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was when it came in on the neck and you saw the neck was a little weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now I remember, yeah. But in that, but the other part was what happened afterwards, too, with wearing his face and pretending to be him. And that's how he kills that girl. And that whole little section is my favorite part of the movie yeah because he ends up killing himself by taking a uh grenade grenade yeah and he drops it and bloody bill looks down and he looks back up at him with this menacing look on his face and then the other two girls that escape they say something i can't remember what but and then all of a sudden you see you hear a fucking loud boom and you see smoke coming out of the fucking building upstairs window did you notice that though that this happened at the bottom of the stairs that was one thing i did bug me a little the smoke poof was out the upstairs window when the grenade was at the bottom of the stairs because he ran downstairs and that's where he confronted buddy bill that part was a little bit off for me i did notice that i didn't notice that i thought it thought him yeah i guess it would be yeah because he came downstairs and confronted bloody bill downstairs well i was thinking it could have been like a three-level house, though. Or not house, but building. But you only see him run up one, one flight of stairs, though. And it, from the outside, it looked like two. I could be wrong on that. Yeah, that's pretty much the end of Earl right there. And then, then I knew you would have to be pretty fucking stupid to think that was Earl when it was clearly not him. It was Bloody Bill wearing his fucking face. Because you could see him all dressed up in Bloody Bill's clothes with his sword and burnt gloves and everything and just it looked just like him except for it had it had earl's face mm-hmm. i mean they did sound a lot like him other than he had a southern twang yeah and that was like the only time you saw bloody bill actually talking even though it wasn't his voice but yeah that's that was kind of like uh who would fall for that type of shit did you were you think the same thing i am hmm. this bitch is dumb that's what went through my head <laughs> Yeah, especially the girl that ends up dying. She ends up getting the sword right in her stomach and she starts bleeding all over the sword and she starts spewing it out of her mouth and shit. So you're like, yeah, that's what you get for being stupid. That is exactly the feel I had. But yeah. And then the other girl, she's like, shit. And she's like screaming this girl's name. And so she takes off. And then, yeah, I think that's right when uh, Bloody Bill takes earl's face off his face and she runs off and she finds chapel yeah that's when she finds the chapel and she goes in there and tries to block the door or closes it or something yeah she puts a bunch of the pews in front of the door and stuff to block it yeah and that's when you see a what looks like a preacher with a very low pitched voice all all menacing and everything and you can tell right away just by looking at him even from afar that he's a zombie then again i don't know if that was actually his voice or a recording yeah i don't think so it sounded more like a voiceover type thing um it was definitely a demonic type voice coming out of that priest mm-hmm. sound like he could fake it it sounded like it was it was edited uh like demonic yeah like it could have been a recording or maybe it was him i don't know 
Did anybody else find it weird though that that's another situation? Like Bill, you can expect not to talk because you need to, and then just to talk at that one time because he's trying to get close to the girl. How come none of the other zombies? Well, technically, yes, the uh, one did early on, the uh, partner that went in first. He did talk at the beginning to warn them to get out of there, but he should already know it was impossible, you'd think, as a zombie. I don't know. Well, he probably didn't know because he had to remember he didn't try escaping or completely escaping from the town. He just tried escaping from the zombies that were chasing him till he ran into Bloody Bill. And of course, Bloody Bill took his big hand and ripped the guy's throat out. That was actually, and he, when he run, when anybody ran into this buddy Bill, it was literally an impact, like thud. You ran into a wall. It was like he 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 wasn't giving an inch. Yeah, he wasn't short at all. Because when you first see him all zombified and everything, his head is like not even an inch or two away from the fucking door frame. That's how fucking tall he is. Yeah, this guy's over six foot. Oh yeah, he's a big boy. Yeah, that part where she ends up trying to trick him because in the movie she finds out that she looks like Bloody Bill's sister because she sees a broken pitcher and even her dumb friend that gets stabbed in the stomach is like is that you i'm like how stupid are you but it keeps flipping back between i like the way they did it they flipped the picture back between like a skeleton and her and gave this trippy feel to it i kind of like that effect Mm -hmm. yeah it was definitely that was definitely another moment where that girl was like really are you that stupid to ask such a question is that you so they all knew each other for a long time you would think she know well no we went to this town in the middle of nowhere and yes that's me in a picture randomly tries to confuse the guy and he actually falls for it and then she takes his sword and again he dies by this time not getting stabbed with the sword but having his head completely cut off and uh yeah his head falls and they do that whole dramatic slow-mo when he hit when his head hits and bounces which was kind of cheesy how they did that but but yeah that's kind of the end of the movie i mean wasn't that much to talk about about this one but but yeah she ends up walking away from the town because she can't obviously she can't drive because there was a point where she tried driving away but the key for the van was broken so she ends up walking away after killing bloody bill and all the zombies were dead bodies everywhere that's right once he dies all the zombies die but they didn't turn to didn't, didn't turn to ash and bone or anything like that like they're decayed it's just like they're fresh zombies and they just all died yeah they just hit the ground as soon as he died yeah she ends up walking away and she ends up being the only survivor and she's covered in blood from head to toe so it's like yeah i can't imagine the first person she walks up on they're not gonna think anything strange of her at all not at all i like this movie i mean i didn't have that many complaints other than some of the bad acting and some of the makeup placement was bad and but yeah for that i gave it four skulls i mean i'm not gonna fault it for small little details that most people probably won't notice the first time they watch it but if they watch it a second or third time they might realize it but but yeah that's my rating for this one four skulls yeah i can see that i can live with that that's not a bad rating um i got i always try to take these all the movies into context and the fact that the budget's behind them too what they're doing with what they have and for that four is a fair that's a solid one i could go four skulls with that because it was with the um considering it was obviously they had a lack of budget on it and stuff and the mistakes they had they could have actually done better i think if they just had more money to put into it Mm -hmm. so yeah four is good four skulls it sounds like a fair yeah i agree with you but yeah that's the rating for death valley the revenge of bloody bill from 2004 so now we're gonna do tim's pick nightbreed the director's cut from 1990 
All right. Um, starts off, this guy's having bad dreams about these uh, monster slash freaks and stuff like that in this place called Meridian and with this gate that has a big M on it. And he keeps having these dreams over and over again. I guess he's been having them for a long time. And he wakes up, his girlfriend's with him. She's uh, worried about him and stuff. He goes, you know, the dreams aren't bothering me anymore. I mean, they're still the same dreams, but they don't affect me anymore. I don't feel like they're that bad. But I guess this psychologist has been trying to get a hold of him nonstop. So he finally, you know, it flashes in on this murder thing that happens. This guy, it looks like either a monster or something, somebody with a mask on or something that slashes up this whole family. Well, the psychologist calls him into this office, gets him in the office and goes, tries talking to him because I'm not doing too bad and stuff. And goes, really? Because I had the police there like two days ago and they're asking me about you and stuff like that because all the murders that you had described on these um, tapes and stuff like that, they've all come true in detail, exactly the way you said. And he, sh- he puts a bunch of pictures on the table and, and the guy's freaking out because I don't remember any of this. Just, you know, similar to my dreams, but not exactly. You know, he kind of acted freaked out because I didn't do his. Anyhow, that happens and he leaves. The guy, he gives him some medication, says, take these as a help. He leaves and he takes the medication. He actually was even in there before he even leaves. And he starts tripping out. He goes home. He starts a fire with a bunch of his pictures and all of his stuff in the middle of his floor. Starts having these really weird, bizarre, trippy dream-like things where he could see himself making love to his girlfriend in the background behind the flame. Tripping out. Next thing you know, he's zooming in. It's at his girlfriend sings, apparently. And he's at the concert watching her. And she's like looking at him how happy. And he's tripping out in the back. And it just keeps going like that. And it, he winds up getting, uh, forget how that happened, but he wound up going to the hospital after something happened to him. He got like banged up pretty bad. But he winds up at the hospital and it finds out that he's been taking these lithium pills, the way he's told. And it turns out they, he was tripping on some pretty hardcore psychedelic drugs. They weren't lithium at all. So he's in, he gets put in the, into the hospital. He wakes up in his bed, sits up and this guy's talking about Meridian up against the glass really creepily, like pressing up against the glass. He goes, wait a minute, what did you say? And they have a conversation back and forth. Finds out this guy knows about Meridian. Well, this is a test, the guy says to him. He's got these weird thumb knives. They look almost like the, uh, like I have guitar picks. They're made out of the same metal things, but these are like extra big, like almost shark fin like knives. He goes, I show you my true face. He starts like cutting his face and ripping his all the skin, like all but his face, like his head and all the way around to his chin, ripping all the flesh off. So it just shows the meat underneath and he's screaming and the guy's screaming and the, the, all the paramedics and stuff come into the room, obviously to deal with this. And when he does, he goes, go in and help him, go in and help him. And he takes off when he sees the doctor coming down the hallway because he just thinks he's in trouble, I think at that point. And of course they talk to the, they try calming the guy down and get him kind of calmed down. But they say he's kind of acting strange. And the doctor says, well, let me talk to him because I can get through to him. I understand him better because he was dying. So he goes in and that's all the show of that guy for then. And of course, because the guy told him where Meridian was, the physical place of Meridian or over the hills and through there. So he goes, he takes off in his truck and goes straight there. He gets there. He goes inside and he winds up uh, opening up the gate, going in and he meets a couple of the two people and two guys in there one looks just like a full-on demon and the other guy's got this weird like dreadlock like squid tentacle things on his head and the squid tentacle guy wants to eat him because he says he's a natural he's not night breed and the other guy's like no that's against the rules against the rules and well the other guy tries to help him get away 
but the other guy with the tentacles winds up biting him on his shoulder. But the other guy helps him out and he gets away anyway, runs out the door. Well, while this is going on, the doctor wound up uh, getting the cops to come out there to Meridian. Oh, he comes outside the gates and he goes, oh, the doctor goes, let me talk to him. Let me talk to him. He walks up to him and basically tells him he's screwed and then yells, he's got a gun. And they load him full of a ton of lead. They like literally blow him away. So obviously that we think that's the end of him. Take him back. Uh, next thing you know, they show him at the uh, the morgue, so to speak. And we go from the morgue. Um, everything's looking fairly normal. They're taking bullets out of him. You know, they find the bite wound that they got, they're doing the autopsy and everything. Everything's going through there. In the meantime, the doctor is talking to the um, sheriff and everybody. And the sheriff's kind of a, he's a braggart kind of person. So he's out there trying to get breast conference. You know, they got the killer, blah, blah, blah. The serial killer, because all those people that were dead. And he goes in there and the, the doctor's trying to talk him into going back to Meridian because there's more people there that need to be taken care of. There's more issues, more, more killers. And while he's doing this, autopsy's all done. And then all of a sudden, they leave the room after all the bullets and stuff out of him. You see him, his like wounds start to like almost like act pulsating and infect him and move through his body. And then he's all of a sudden, the body's gone. It's clothes are gone there's a hole in the window like he jumped out or someone took him so they assume somebody took him so what they think is well we gotta go to the graveyard you know they are agreement on that in the meantime he goes to the graveyard he sits down and kind of falls asleep gets woke up by all these creatures the night breed um everything from like werewolves to the mist changing like vampires to pretty much everything anything in your darkest dreams type thing like he was dreaming about and these are all the people he's dreaming about he actually did dream about them go inside you see this one girl like these spikes on it goes i dreamed of him and stuff like that and he goes i dreamed of her and he gets in there and guess who's the guy that's his advocate kind of person friend it's the crazy guy that peeled his face off because apparently he's there now too because he is one of them he has to do this weird ritual where he puts his hand in this glowing like pot um this other guy does actually the head guy puts it on him and all of his wounds heal like all the bullet holes and everything the shoulder all healed up looks perfectly normal until later when he smells blood and then he gets these weird ritualistic like symbols and stuff on him through his skin okay um the cops and every the girlfriends trying to find out where he went because she was there at the hospital they because she was there identifying the body when it happened she winds up going out with them obviously to uh, going out she goes to meridian first while they're still trying to get the cops to go out he's trying to talk at cops into going and on her way out there she meets this girl at a bar they hang out together while i'm spending the night hanging out together and stuff like that next morning they meet up and this girl offered to go with her to meridian girl meets this guy at the bar we assume it's the guy in the corner we see this kind of redneck looking guy but she says he's a banker and stuff like that so we get back they get to meridian get to the gates the girlfriend goes in through the gates the other girl stays behind says i'll just hang out here for a while do something else oh then it as soon as she's gone out of sight, the doctor shows up and she calls him by the name that the doctor, that the uh, banker had given her name. So she thought it was a banker. So, you know, at that point, something's bad because at this point, um, go in, um, he goes, she goes in there. At this point, he's actually went through the um, everything. He's one of the night breed now, so he can't die unless something kills him. 
and he's immune to most everything as far as we know. She goes in and she's like not welcome because she's a natural. But they don't stop her because they're like passive aggressive for the most part, with the exception of a few that are kind of would like to just eat her. So she works her way down because he's down talking to the main night breed creature thing that nobody ever returns from when people go down to check on this thing and never return. So she's headed down anyway and they're telling her it's not worth it, not worth it. She runs into the guy that bit him, which he he acted like he was going to kill her. Um, and this weird monk, monk-like guy with a dog takes her the rest of the way down and she meets him as he's leaving so he did survive and that's basically their reunion at this point they're still not sure what's going to happen they're going upstairs but while they're headed up then the police show up and these police got loaded up with so much ammo and weapons and ammunition it was like they literally like had their own armory if police were that well armed i think we'd all be in serious trouble to be honest with you especially with their temperaments they're going in there and they just want to kill people pretty much they don't even know what's going on. They go in. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the fact she saved that one little girl at the beginning, too. She saved this little girl that was stuck out in the sun because the sun hurt some of them. And he, she saved her, and that's why she got in. That was that was, that was her key and why she didn't get killed at first. Went, uh, anyhow, they're coming back out. The place is getting tripwires. There's bombs everywhere. They have heavy machine guns, shotguns, assault rifles. They have everything. They're just blowing the crap out of all these people. And this tunnel system underneath the graveyard is where all these guys, all these people are. They're trying to save the women and children. And they're getting slaughtered. Well, he comes up and he's pretty badass when he turns. He winds up, uh, oh, we forgot the whole part where he's in jail. But whatever. No, that was after he's dead. We missed that whole part. I missed that whole part where he went to jail. He was dead. They checked his pulse and he was dead. And he got out because uh, the Miss girl came back and saved him. Okay, so that means it'll be more fun to watch the movie too later. <laughs> but anyhow, as far as the story goes, he survives, he comes up. The story's nonstop. There's really no pausing in this. It's just one scene after another after another and pretty well written. The It's not really so much, there's not a lot of CGI. It's mostly like done with makeup and like, you know, blood packs and all that. And I think the movie was really well done, especially for being like 90. Very well done for its time. It's a typical 80s, 90s movie in the fashion it was done for a fairly decent budget. Um, goes through, he winds up saving her. They, the priest went with them too to try and help and but he really was no help he just brought him along for cannon fodder kind of he goes down gets that same bowl that they put their hand his hand in and healed the other guy splashed it in the guy's face and like melted like all the distorted his face and everything which i still to this point have not figured out whether or not he's night breed at the end or not because he looks it he winds up killing the sheriff by grabbing him by the throat and just literally snapping his neck and like leaving him at the pile so he's a little extra strong so i'm almost thinking he's nightbreed but he hates the nightbreed at this point because they burned him so i think that's a future one so they're going away and this girl and him are talking and he's like i i'm with the nightbreed now i need to leave i need to go with them she goes then change me they changed you change me no i'm not going to do that starts walking away she stabs herself it's like okay drama much <laughs> says you have a choice you can save me so Obviously, he he bites her, like vampire style, and then thinks she's dead. She comes back. She's undead now, too. Mm -hmm. He zooms in on these the rest of them, and it's like, what was a farm? At a farm inside a barn. You got, you got everybody in the barn, all the rest of the night breed, and they're like, he might not be here today. He might not be tomorrow, but he is coming because he got blessed by the guy down in the cellar way. He's supposed to try and heal him somehow. So during all this, and then it zooms in on him and the girlfriend. 
sitting there as a silhouette as it fades out like western style into the nighttime and just leaves a silhouette okay that for me was like the cheesiest part of the movie <laughs> was that ending but all in all i actually really enjoyed the movie it's non-stop action it's twisted it's different there's nothing quite 100 percent normal about it so it makes it unique and I enjoyed watching it again, even though it's been a long time since I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think, Rando? Do you like the movie? Uh, well, at first for me, it was towards the beginning of the movie. It was kind of, of a confusing story. But as it progressed, it kind of started making more sense a little bit. Yeah, like you said, for the makeup, it was pretty actually really good for 1990. And each monster or demon or whatever they were had their own look and i like that the fight scene at the ending with the doctor slash serial killer was pretty awesome the death of the doctor was pretty awesome too i mean the fact that he it's what was it stabbed or something yeah he got stabbed with one of his own knives because he clearly had a thing for knives Oh yeah, that was a cool kill scene. Actually, he got stabbed for the with the with the one that's through the guy's chest through a ace of hearts card stuck on the guy's chest, and he pulls him in and stabs him to his chest. Yeah, he does that, and then he throws him off, and then he hits like a thing of concrete down below. And yeah, a lot of the death scenes in the whole movie were pretty good. The weirdest part for me was they had the weirdest looking titties I have ever seen in a horror movie. I mean, the first woman to show her tits, I was like, damn, I did not expect titties in this movie. And then you see that freaking woman that's full of spikes and shit. You see hers and you're like, okay, that's a weird pair. And then you see, then you see a like black demon woman and you see her titties. It's like, okay, I went from good titties to spike titties, to pitch black ones. Bloody titties. She wipes blood on them. She like wipes the blood off them and onto her tits. It's like really weird. The last one did. The spike The spike one was freaking cool though. She was for the spikes because they worked like, they apparently were poisonous or something like that. And she literally like threw the one at the guy, killed him, it killed him. Then she wound up getting another one, seduces him somehow with that weird ass body you were talking about, gets him over there and just like that, does a back slap like a porcupine, just like kills him. And then she runs by the other guy and just spikes him a couple times as she goes by. That one was, that one, I liked her. She was badass as far as being one of the night breed. And the other one I liked was one that could turn into smoke that helped get him out of jail. She's the mother of that kid, the daughter that actually was stuck out there and she looked like this little like a puppy almost like a really distorted freaky monstrous puppy and then she brought her into the dark and she turned into a regular human looking girl kind of weird yeah she was the one with the really nice titties (laughs) when i saw that i was like damn i might have an erection right now yeah because when she turned turned into smoke she had to reform on the other side but didn't have her clothes that's when you got sear yeah almost made me want to see what she looks like now 30 plus years later Thought you didn't like older women. Oh, no. <laughs> but regardless, she, uh, yeah, I knew the second that she manifested and I saw the titties go, yep, Lando's going to like this movie. <laughs> well, I'm a guy and I like titties. And then later you see the spiky ones like, maybe Lando won't like this movie. <laughs> then you see the bloody girls like, oh, that's a little weird. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was a pretty good movie. I'm like, when you told me what movie you wanted to watch, I'm like, really? Because I think I may have seen the trailer for this a while ago. And oddly enough, the mask that the uh, doctor wears when he kills people, I think I've seen that mask on display 
in a uh, YouTube video because there's this channel where he uh, sometimes unboxes masks because he's got a huge ass collection. He's like one of the top three or four people to have a huge collection of different types of masks. I mean, he's got masks from Slipknot. He's got gore masks. So, but yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen that freaking mask that the serial killer uses. Yeah, it's funny because I just realized we never did say all the serial killing was actually being done by the doctor. He was actually, with the mask on, he just looked like one of them because he looked freakish. And with the way that they were all different, I honestly, until they unveiled him, thought it was one of the creatures doing it. I really did. And it turns out that they, he, him, his family and stuff has been killing these nightbreed for years they almost decimated them once before they found this place and actually created a colony of hidden away from people so the doctor was trying to find the place by using these people that had a connection to it because they had the nightbreed in them and they just didn't know it yeah i didn't even pick up on that part i just thought he was just a serial killer that was trying to frame this poor guy that's what i got that's what all the flashbacks were about was the killers. And he said he's been doing it his whole life. So it's kind of, he's been hunting them his whole life. He mentions that at one point. Hmm, must've missed that. But uh, yeah, like I said, this movie is pretty good. I mean, other people liked it too. Like Rotten Tomatoes uh, audience score was at 60%. Rotten Tomato themselves, uh, they didn't really like it that much. It was rated at 41%. Google, they fucking loved it at 90%. And when you talked about this movie having a decent budget yeah i don't think 11 million dollars is decent <laughs> that's a lot of money especially in 1990 you well know, there was a lot of special effects so just the makeup on these people you have to say there was some serious makeup done on these on the creatures yeah and when you talked about uh cgi the only cgi i remember noticing was when the guy that's in the yeah in the uh, dungeon or whatever it's called the only cgi i saw was from him his green eyes glowing and stuff when he would open them that was like the only cgi i remember seeing yeah it was was all all the shots some of the shots of him were cgi'd a little bit but that was basically all of it the rest of it was all makeup done and considering considering how much detail there was in the graveyard and with these creatures living under there like they had tunnels upon tunnels and speaking of the graveyard i just remembered one part that i noticed that could have been considered cgi i'm not sure if it was just my eyes or what but the part where the girlfriend is walking through the graveyard you see her from afar and if you look at all these graves they almost look like they were cgi'd into the graveyard from afar it, it's possible they might have made it look bigger i mean in general it was something you could miss really quickly though if it was yeah but uh yeah i mean like i said i like this movie it had a good story even though it was a bit confusing at first i mean if i watched it more than once maybe it wouldn't have been so confusing at first makeup effects awesome in the beginning, you're right. The beginning was definitely uh, a little confusing um, when you're trying to figure out what's going on with these dreams. I mean, if you read the description, you'd have an idea. But if you didn't, and you went into it not paying attention, just watching the movie. The beginning is weird because it like starts off they're doing like cartwheels through the gate and stuff. These monsters are. It's like, but they act like they're chasing something, but there's nobody there to chase. So it's even the dream was confusing. And then you get into the doctor. Yeah, it was the beginning was a little weird. Yeah, the I didn't get them chasing anything. I got them being chased because I remember seeing them looking back at something behind them. Well, it turns out since they are probably almost allergic to sun, 
that's probably what they were running away from was the sunlight coming up because it was dark in the dream. So that's what I thought. I hadn't thought about that. That makes a lot of sense. It could be it because they were running in, not out. Yeah, that that actually just cleared something up for me. I was confused about that because it didn't look like they were running for a reason either. Some of them looked like they were running away. Some of them almost looked like they were chasing each other, but then they never tried to attack each other. So that didn't make sense. Yeah, like I said, I, I really was surprised by this. I mean, like I said, I thought it was going to be a shitty movie just by the looks of it. But again... You didn't pick a shitty movie. The previews made it look bad because it was a lot of the doctor's office stuff. So it made it look really blah. They took like the worst possible moments they could and put them in that preview. When I watched the preview thing, it's like, wow, they could have done a lot better with the promo. A lot better. (laughs) I got nothing else to say other than it was a good movie. I'm glad you didn't pick a shitty movie again. I am too. Um, Like I said, the first, the, it's the second one in the series actually. Um, the first one's actually even better. Uh, the director's cut one is because it it leads to it, but it's uh, they didn't have that on there for free, so we didn't wind up watching that one. It was one of those ones. But I I think it was like a four point five for as far as its age being a '90s film. If it were newer, it'd be less. I actually really did enjoy it. I actually had a good time watching it. Um, but yeah, I I gave it a perfect five. Surprisingly, I never gave a perfect five for anything. But for this movie, I gave it a five. It was definitely a watch. Definite watch. It's better than anything modern I've seen in a while. I'm, I hate to say it, but I feel like we've lost our touch for horror movies the last five seven years haven't really seen anything that really stands out for me so sometimes these older 80s 90s movies early 2000s that's really where i think the genre of watching really good horror movies is isn't in there so you're not going to have all the more you know the best cameras you're not going to have the best you know everything when it comes down to a lot of makeup when you get back into the 80s and 90s and the makeup in this one those the creatures and the makeup i loved it i mean it was in everything like you said was different Normally it was the same. All the creatures were different and unique and interesting. What do you think a scorpion dude with the eyeballs takes out the guy's eyeballs? Yeah, he was definitely different. Yeah, the one thing that I uh, actually just remembered is the guy that looks almost like a preacher. He was the one that was preaching about the the law that they all have to follow. He's the one with the... yeah, that looked like just simple cuts on his face. But then when he gets shot in the head and is dying, his eyes are through those cuts. I'm like, what the fuck? I didn't expect that. But yeah, a fun fact is that guy is actually the actor that plays Pinhead in the original Hellraiser movies. Oh, that's one of my favorite characters. Yeah, I didn't even know that till I did a little digging into this. And I was like, is that the guy that plays Pinhead in Hellraiser? And I'm like, so I looked the guy up and I'm like, holy shit, it is I didn't know that. They look more like gills to me as well. I was thinking they're going to open as gills if they open it all other than cuts because they're so perfectly placed. I actually forgot there were eyeballs until I saw that scene. Oh yeah, I knew I knew something came out of them, but I was thinking gills for some reason. I don't know why, but I was wrong. I actually like it when you get surprised in an older movie that you haven't watched in a long time and you're like, I know something happens. I think it's this and you're wrong, but it's a pleasant surprise. It was actually kind of cool. Yeah. But uh yeah, that's all I got for this movie. Yep, like I said, the ending and and uh the priest, what's going on with the priest afterwards? Is he nightbreed? Is he not? He seems to hate the nightbreed because of what happened. And like you said, the beginning is a little confusing, but it kind of has to be. It makes sense once you start watching it. It has to be that confusing, but yet I could see and it's one of those movies where a lot of movies now you want that gratification right away to know you like it. Some people only watch five minutes 
minutes of movie and they're done. This is one of the ones you do have to get to like 10 minutes in and then you start to really like it. But uh, yeah, that's about it for this episode. Um, if you got any movie suggestions, just email us at what in the horror podcast at gmail.com or you can hit us up and give us a follow on our twitter at what in the horror podcast all one word yeah that's it i've been lando and i've been tim and we are the fuck out of here